Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The Bible is full of symbols that point to Jesus. Today, Pastor J.D. again explores the symbolism that we see in Jewish tradition. Have you ever considered the symbolism in the Jewish wedding traditions? The parallels are beyond fascinating. Today, we'll see that these parallels perfectly picture the return of Jesus Christ for His bride, the church. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 10th, 2018. As I've shared in prior updates, I've long held to the belief that President Trump being elected would in fact speed up the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And certainly this is coming to bear as we witness the swiftness of these geopolitical developments with profound prophetic significance. And it was evidenced by the overnight exchange, which it's believed was the largest ever direct clash between the Iranian forces and the IDF, and appeared to be the largest exchange involving Israel in Syria in 45 years since the 1973 Yom Kippur War. Keep in mind, if you remember our prophecy puzzle, the first puzzle piece in place is Isaiah 17. I still hold to the belief that it is very plausible that Isaiah 17, the destruction of Damascus, Syria, so much so that it is uninhabitable, will be the catalyst, the trigger, that will set in motion a number of prophecies, uh, chief of which will be the Ezekiel 38 prophecy, when Russia, Iran, Turkey, and this alliance of nations from the north, vis-a-vis Syria in the Golan, will come into Israel and launch this attack. For what purpose? We're told in verse 13, kind of getting ahead of myself here. We're told in verse 13, it says that of this allied attack, Saudi Arabia, by their ancient name of Sheba and Dedan, Saudi Arabia, modern day, will protest and ask, along with Tarshish and the young lions thereof, some believe to be the UK and even the US as a young nation, that Saudi Arabia supremely will object to and question this attack. And very specifically, they will ask, are you coming to take booty, to take a spoil? What is that? Oh, 
one has suggested just take the letters SP off and you have oil. And Russia wants that oil, as we've talked about in the past. It costs now more for Russia to extract a barrel of oil than what it sells for on the global market. They're losing money and they are bleeding economically and they need that oil and the price of oil, which now, after what Trump did on Tuesday, is going up. Got a call from my wife. She went to go fill up our van with uh, gas and, and actually my daughter called me and says, um, did you see the price of gas? Uh, it's almost like $4. And for those of you online, in Hawaii, our gas prices are a little bit more than yours. Okay, a lot more. But anyway, um, so, she, so she asked me, she said, why did the gas prices go up so, so much and so quick? And I had to explain to her, well, um, you can thank President Trump pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal. And so now the uh, fear of these uh, renewed sanctions have driven the price of uh, oil uh, up uh, significantly as a result. Well, anyway, um, just this morning, Brian Schrager messaged me a portion of his Chaim report that he posted in the Jerusalem Journal, which to me is very telling. Uh, here's what he sent me, and uh, just uh, listen to this. Very interesting. From Syria, Iran launched about 20 rockets toward Israel last night. This would be uh, last night in uh, uh, Israel, which we're, we're 12 hours. So right now it's uh, 7 50 p.m. in Hawaii, it's 7.50 a.m. in uh, Israel. So, and he says, none of them hit inside the land. 20 rockets, none of them hit inside the land. None. Something like four were intercepted by Israel and destroyed mid-flight. The others, unable to penetrate the Israeli border for some reason, (laughs) we know what reason that is, (laughs) unable to penetrate the Israeli border for some reason, landed in Syria. I love it when God does that, right? Hot on the heels of Netanyahu meeting with Putin yesterday. Did you hear about this? No, no. Putin, uh, Netanyahu flew to Russia and met with Putin as all of this is happening. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you. So... um, Hot on the heels of Netanyahu meeting with Putin yesterday, Moscow was informed by Israel of its intent to strike back, and it did. The estimate is that 28 Israeli fighter jets pounded Iranian sites in Syria with about 60 bombs. (laughs) Something like another 10 surface-to-surface missiles were launched as well. Speaking at the well-known annual security gathering in Herzliya, if I'm pronouncing that right, today, Defense Minister Lieberman said that almost all of Iran's military infrastructure in Syria was destroyed. You would think they would learn their lesson. No, 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 seriously, you would think that they would go back and play the home movies from 1948 that grandfather saved for them, and auntie and uncle and, you know, saved for them back in 1967. 
1973. Every time they do this, Israel gets more of their land back. If I'm Israel, and you'll forgive the sanctified strength with which I say this, I'm like, bring it on. (laughs) We'll get more of our land back, because that's what God said. You know that Iron Dome that they have? They have, that's a great Iron Dome. And we're, of course, grateful for that Iron Dome. But they have another dome that that makes that Iron Dome inconsequential. And that's actually the Iron Dome, so to speak, that God is going to use in um, Ezekiel 38, which, by the way, is a one-day war, it's believed. It is going to, God is going to intervene. And this uh, alliance of nations will be utterly and totally decimated. And you know why? Because God declares it's so that they will know that I, I am the Lord, your God. It's not going to be because of Israel's might. Are you kidding me? Just, I mean, practically, statistically, against insurmountable odds. Insurmountable odds. And by the way, speaking of (laughs) odds statistically, just by sure virtue of the odds of everything culminating, you have Damascus, Syria, right now in play, Isaiah 17. You have Zechariah 12 in play. You have Ezekiel 38 in play. You have Daniel 9, 27 in play. And you have others as well. That's just to mention a few. First Thessalonians 5, 3 as well. What are the statistical probabilities of all of those coming and culminating? And I'm going to use the word converging, which I want to talk about later as well. But what are the statistical odds of that all happening simultaneously at this time, days away from the most, I would argue, the most significant event to take place in Israel's history since their rebirth as a nation on May 14th, 1948, which fulfilled, by the way, I believe, one of the most important, if not the most important prophecies in all the Bible. It really started the clock a ticking. Can a nation be born in a day? No nation in the history of mankind. Can these dead bones live again? Ezekiel 36. Israel was reborn in a day, and that's what started the clock ticking. And oh, by the way, dare I say that there's also a prophecy that was spoken by the Savior himself in Matthew's gospel, it's recorded. And it has to do with the fig tree. And the fig tree is the national symbol of Israel. And listen to what Jesus said. He said that the generation that is alive to see the leaves return to the tree. The people are the leaves, the tree, the land. The Jews return to their land. The generation that sees that will be the generation that sees the coming of the Son of Man. That's why we believe, I believe with all my heart, that we are that generation that will see the return of Jesus Christ. Okay. Exciting, isn't it? Exciting. Are you saying it's going to happen Monday? Do do that. 
If you do that, I will come and find you and you will be in grave danger. Okay, good. I had to get that off my chest. I feel so much better now. Thank you. He continues. <laughs> Speaking to Iran. This, this gets really good. I mean, makes you want to pop some popcorn. Speaking to Iran, he also said, if we get rain, you will get a flood. Oh, them are fighting words. <laughs> so far, Iran has been remarkably quiet about the attack. Perhaps they're blowing bubbles. <laughs> but its spirit toward the U.S., into which it includes the illegitimate Zionist regime, is being expressed with remarkable clarity. Yesterday in its parliament, members went to the podium and burned, speaking of Iran, the U.S. flag and a copy of the nuclear agreement. While doing so, no surprise, they chanted, thank you, death to America. Supreme Leader Khamenei also spoke up, you cannot do a damn thing. He said to Trump, adding, you will go to hell. <laughs> I'm just reading this. Don't look at me like that. I'm just reading this. I, you'll forgive the expletives. <laughs> like a wounded, listen, this is very interesting, very insightful. Like a wounded cornered cobra, Iran is spitting mad. They are humiliated. When Netanyahu got up, before the entire world and had their <laughs> documentation of their nuclear program, which they swore they didn't have. And before all the world pulled the covers off of these discs and files and photos and documents and more. You have to understand something about the Persian people. I know this can be said about it, any, you know, uh, nationality of people, but they're, they're a very, very proud people. No, they are very proud. The Persians are very proud. I won't even get into anyway, the Islamic <laughs> pride. You don't, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. Well, he just did. So Iran is spitting mad, hence it is also all the more dangerous. Make no mistake about it. The feeling in Israel is that while slowed down by last night's strikes, Iran is not about to retreat from Syria. Its dream of a resurrected Persian empire is on the line. And with it, most importantly, is its conviction the resurrection of that empire along with the annihilation of Israel will bring back their messianic Muslim, the Mahdi. Remember about Islam's eschatology? Watchmen need to know, intercessors need to pray, stay alert. Well said, well said. Well, I found this Arut Sheva report rather interesting. The French president, Emmanuel Macron, today, Thursday, called for de-escalation between Israel 
and Iran after the Israeli army struck Iranian targets in Syria following a barrage of Iranian rockets fired on IDF posts in the Golan Heights. Excuse me? Excuse me. I'm pretty sure last time I checked, Israel is not chanting, Death to Iran! Am I right? And, and, and excuse me again, please, but if I'm not mistaken, Israel is defending itself by itself. This is defensive. Iran is striking Israel and Israel can't strike back. Oh, we need de-escalation. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have had caffeine before I came. He calls for a de-escalation, the presidency said in a statement, adding that Macron would discuss the issue with Angela Merkel when he meets with the German chancellor in western Germany later in the day. That was today. Oh, um, it's important to remember that this is the same French president that along with Angela Merkel, we're at the White House two weeks ago to persuade President Trump to stay in the demonic deal, and it is a demonic deal, it was anyway, with Iran. Oh, also, it's the same French president that just last week announced that he will form a ten-nation coalition. Ten, not nine, not eleven, ten. Can you say toes and horns, Daniel and Revelation? Oh, That's not all. It's also the same French president that the economist asks whether or not he's Europe's savior with a cover of Macron walking on water. And it's also the same French president that declared he will govern like the Roman god Jupiter, some have suggested, as a revived Roman empire. Oh, come on, Pastor, what are you saying? You're saying that he's the Antichrist? Stop doing that! Did I say that? Did I say, is there something on the screen that says, Pastor J.D. believes that Macron is the Antichrist? No! Okay. Sorry if I'm yelling at you. Just don't put words in my mouth. I'm simply presenting to you what I believe is very compelling and of profound significance prophetically. And again, think of term in terms of collective. By collective, I mean everything collectively is culminating and converging simultaneously, exactly as we're told it would in Bible prophecy. And again, I'm no mathematician, believe me. But I would be curious, Tom Eagles on the mainland, I need to ask Tom about this. (laughs) I would be very curious to know what are the statistical probabilities of all of these prophecies, of very detailed prophecies throughout Scripture, all playing out virtually in concert one with the other. Now, if you're, if you're talking about one, and then maybe a year later you're talking about another, that's an entirely different ballgame, right? When you're talking about all of them collectively, 
and simultaneously, close in proximity, one with the other, that's a different story. I would suggest, and I please, I in no way wish to be perceived as being sensational. I am trying to contain my excitement. How am I doing? Never mind, he just answered that. (laughs) But I am of the belief that the perfect prophetic storm is forming. I mean, it is, again, the likes of which I have never seen. It is taking me back, and I see myself as being a student of Bible prophecy, and and I have been for many years, and I've been tracking this perfect prophetic storm for many, many years, and I'm seeing all of it now just perfectly forming and coming together exactly as we were told it would. On Monday, I watched one of the best, if not the best, videos that I've ever seen on Amazon Prime. I think it just got released. The title of it is The Coming Convergence. It is really well done. You know, a lot of these documentaries, especially when it comes to Bible prophecy, they can be kind of hokey and, and, and cheesy. This is not that. I was really impressed and really blessed by this. Three of my fellow Calvary Chapel pastors, who I'm privileged to know, are in it. One of which is Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel Chino Hills, which, by the way, we're going to have here in August. He'll be speaking, uh, I think it's the last Sunday in August. I'll get the uh, date and give you uh, that uh, information. Um, also, Ray Bentley is going to be in it, and then uh, also is in it, and then also Tom Hughes as well. I really want to encourage you to watch this. It is a very good and outstanding quality production, but moreover, it ties everything together that's happening prophetically. And it, and it kind of goes back and it, it fills in a lot of the blanks and it really connects a lot of the dots. And it's really helpful, especially for those to whom Bible prophecy is somewhat new or somewhat difficult to understand. I've had a lot of people, um, over the last several months say to me, can you do like a prophecy 101? you know, like a a prophecy for dummies. I'm not calling anybody a dummy, but just kind of the basics of Bible prophecy. I I was told that sometimes when I do these prophecy updates, they're kind of, you know, big, and they can, you know, potentially go over a lot of people's heads. I don't don't mean to do that. I, I do realize that when we do these prophecy updates, there is this presupposition that you're, you know, at least somewhat familiar with what the prophecies are and what they entail and how they kind of fit into the bigger prophetic picture. And and this is also, I think, a great uh, documentary and video for those who are students of Bible prophecy. I'm going to go back and watch it again. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.